Hello and welcome to the Living Hope Wesleyan podcast. If you would like more information about Living Hope Wesleyan Church, please visit our website at hopeforvermont.org. As well as if you're enjoying these podcasts, check out the live streams at Hope for Vermont on YouTube. I hope you enjoy today's podcast. Jesus, we thank you that you know about all of the needs. We thank you that you've promised to meet every single need that you will bring healing, that you give freedom, that you love us, that you are our savior, you are the helper, you give us peace of mind and quiet of spirit. So whether it's anxiety, whether it's fear, whatever the situation, the desperation we find ourselves, we thank you, God, that we can go to you, we can call on your name, Jesus, and say, help, and thank you for helping. You have heard our cry, you are not nervous or scared or frightened by our lack of faith, but you have everything that we need to fill in those gaps, to make us a new creation, to give us a life that we would know you. So Jesus, we say thank you as we pray for those that are struggling with their health, that have strong concerns about what loss is going to mean. We thank you that we can hold on to you. We can embrace you but that you hold us, you embrace us, that we are hidden with you and God. So Jesus, we say thank you for loving us that much. And it's in your name, Jesus, we pray. Amen. Amen. And we're going to be uh, singing some songs at uh, church. It's kind of karaoke, but it's uh, good nonetheless to lift our voices in song and let it become worship and just to thank God for who he is, to declare and proclaim who God is, who our faith is in, and what we have in Jesus. And so uh, if you can make it 9 a.m. at Crossbrook Middle School for the in-person gathering, we certainly would love to have you as well. And as we continue, we continue through Colossians 2. Colossians 2, I'm going to read from a few weeks ago. This is Colossians 2, 18 through 19. I'm reminded that the vulnerability without accountability is only a pity party. Vulnerability without accountability is only a pity party. And so many times we are quick to share how anxious we are, the fears that we have, and that is okay. Discuss your feelings, talk about what you're going through, expect that other Christians should be there to carry your burden, but also to point you, to compel us, to get closer to Jesus so we can become accountable, to give all of our anxiety to him because he cares for us, that we would desire to have him be our coach, that we would desire for Christians to not just cheerlead us and say, hey, I struggle with that too, but to say, how can we together grow in our faith, in our spiritual formation, in our spiritual discipline, to get closer to who Jesus is, to be like him. And then we read, do not let anyone who delights in a false humility and the worship of angels disqualify you. Such a person also goes into great detail about what they have seen. They are puffed up with idle notions by their unspiritual mind. Idle notions. An idle mind is the devil's playground. We think we are so wise, we're so smart, but we miss the true intent of what God has for us. They have lost connection with the head from whom the whole body supported and held together by its ligaments and sinews grows as God causes it to grow. They have lost connection. They are not uh, thinking correctly because they're left to their own devices. They think what they want to do is right because of their experience, because of what they grew up, nature versus nurture, from 
who their parents are and we need to look to who Jesus is on what he said. He is the true connection. In John 15, 5, we find these words that Jesus says, I am the vine, you are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from you, you can do nothing. Apart from Jesus, we can do nothing. Apart from Jesus, our best is not that good. Our best, though it might get applauded, it does not have a legacy, does not have eternity, does not have a destiny and freedom in who Jesus is. We've lost connection, but in... Excuse me, Colossians 2.20, we find, If with Christ you died, to the elemental spirits of the world, with Christ you died, we relate to Jesus in his death, in his burial, in his resurrection, in his ascension, in his mediation between the God, the Father, and us. <clears throat> we relate to sacrificing those elemental spirits, those basic understandings, those different things that we would like to believe, the elementary truths. <clears throat> Let us get beyond the fact that gravity is real and understand the one that created gravity. Let us get beyond the seeking out of healing and search for the healer. Let us get beyond just wanting a miracle and just wanting to be so united with Jesus, the one that gives miracles. We don't just look and desire what he does or can do for us, but we desire him, the relationship, the one that gave his life to save us. We desire to get to know Jesus. If with Christ you died to the elemental spirits of the world, why, as if you were still alive in the world, do you submit to the regulations? Why do we think that the American dream is God's dream for us? Do not think the American dream is God's dream for you, that grace is greater than the law. Grace is greater than what People would tell you, you can accomplish. Grace is greater than if you have this method, if you go through these steps, if you have it all calculated correctly, then you are going to achieve. Do not handle, do not taste, do not touch. This is Colossians 2.21. This is from Colossians 2.20. It talks about such rules are mere human teachings. Why do we submit to just what humans say? Now, a quick caveat or a pause is to say, yes, uh, uh, we need to, Colossians speak of, that we submit to the authorities of this world. But we only submit to the authorities of this world as Jesus has commanded us. We follow Jesus. And as Jesus lived an example, as Jesus would suggest, would tell to pay taxes to Caesar, would give to Caesar what is Caesar's. We too need to give what is to the government. We too need to be good citizens. Our witness is going to be shown and revealed as we live with integrity and character, not how we cut corners, not how we try to manipulate the system, but as we live the freedom of Jesus. And when people say, stop doing this, don't do that, we know that our freedom comes from who Jesus is. These rules, these rules which have to do with things that are all destined to perish with use are based on merely human commands 
and teachings. We have something that's supernatural. We have something that goes beyond just what this world has to say. This is the faith in Jesus, the knowledge that God has sent his son to die for our sins, that we might have life and have it abundantly. This is what we desire, not just the rules and commands of this world. It's not just let's get the building block so you can gain this degree and get this knowledge and hopefully develop this wisdom and then you can achieve. It's everything. All my desire is not based on me, but it's based on the goodness of God. It's based on the revelation of scripture by the Holy Spirit to us that we would change and conform our way of thinking, our way of living to reflect God's holiness in our own lives and his goodness to others that they might know his salvation. This is the desire. This is realizing that yeah, I'll do my best, but it's all in God's hands. Yes, I will strive after Jesus, and it does take effort on my part, but not effort to gain and receive the goodness of God. I just go because God is so good. How could I not give my best? How could I not share with others? It's beyond the rules and teachings of this world. This is grace is greater than law. Grace is greater than law. In Colossians 2, I'll read it once more, 22 and 23. Such rules are mere human teachings about things that deteriorate as we use them. These rules may seem wise because they require strong devotion, pious self-denial, and severe bodily discipline, but they provide no help in conquering a person's evil desires. This is what we think we can accomplish, but God says there's so much more. We find in 1 Corinthians 3, 10 through 13, these words, the New Living Translation we read from, because of God's grace to me, I've laid the foundation like an expert builder. Now others are building on it. But whoever in building on this foundation must be very careful. This is the foundation that God is calling us to build on. The foundation is Jesus. For no one can lay any foundation other than the one we already have. That foundation is Jesus Christ. Anyone who builds on that foundation may use a variety of materials, whether it's gold, silver, jewels, wood, hay, or straw. But on the judgment day, fire will reveal what kind of work each builder has done. The fire will show if the person's work has any value. What are you building on? Are you building on hay, wood, and straw? Things that when fire comes, it just burns up and it deteriorates and it's no longer? Or is it refined gold? Is it the precious stones? Is it the things that have great value that reveal the truth of Jesus? What are we building the foundation on. In Matthew 7, there's this story that Jesus tells. Anyone who listens to my teachings, Jesus speaking, as follows it, is wise. Like a person who builds a house on solid rock, the foundation on solid rock of himself. Though the rain comes in torrents and the floodwaters rise and the winds beat against that house, it won't collapse because it builds on bedrock. It is built on bedrock. But anyone Anyone who hears my teaching and doesn't obey it is foolish like a person who builds on a house, a house on sand when the rains and floods come and the winds beat against that house, it will collapse with a mighty crash. Foolish. Uh, my brother and I, 
when we were younger, we built a jump for our bikes. We built a great, nice bicycle jump. It probably was, I don't know, 18 inches, maybe a little bit higher. And just if you go off this jump, it's going to be amazing. And so I thought, since I'm the daredevil, since I'm the cool one, since I lack uh, discernment, that I'm impatient, that I wanted to go first. So I pedaled so hard. And in that 18 to 20 inches of the jump, that was made out of sand. I buried my front tire and I flipped my bike. True story. I still have a scar on my forehead and I think on my lip from that. That is not the foundation for a good jump to uh, launch yourself. It was foolish. And we learned from being foolish. When Jesus had finished saying these things to the crowds, they were amazed at his teachings. This is verse 28 from Matthew. They were amazed at his teachings because it seems so simple, but how wise, how convenient it is just to build where we are and said to dig out the sand, to get to the bedrock so we have a firm foundation because storms will come. Storms are going to happen, and our faith needs to be built on who Jesus is and what he has done. We look forward to Colossians 2.23. These have indeed an appearance of wisdom in promoting self-made religion and asceticism and severity to the body, but they are of no value in stopping the indulgence of the flesh. We think because we hold certain standards, we, you might believe that if you wake up at four in the morning, if you deny yourself, that that automatically puts you in good standing with God. But it's your heart, it's your soul, it's your motivation, it's your understanding of what God requires of you. God does not require self discipline just so that you can look at self-discipline. He looks at self-discipline to see your surrender, your sacrifice, your reliance on him that when we are weak, he is made strong. When we are mourning, when we are grieving, when we can't go on, he is the one that holds us, that allows us to go forward, that allows us to operate, to function because we are hidden with him and God. We are saved through our sacrifice and the savior lifts us up in john 2 first john 2 15 through 17 do not love the world or the things in the world if anyone loves the world the love of the father is not in him we think that we can achieve the american dream by looking a certain way by doing certain things by hanging with the right people by gaining popularity by just seeking out but Jesus says, no, this is false for all that is in the world, the desires of the flesh, the desires of the eyes, and the pride of the life. We've learned this in the King James, I did, whereas the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life, it is not from the Father, but it is from the world. What do we look at? What do we covet? What do we desire? Is it from a deep place of God saying, I've given you so much grace? Or is it from a place of saying, oh, if I could just gain more that this world has to offer? One famous millionaire, billionaire, whatever, very wealthy person. He was asked, how much more do you need to be content? And he said, just a little bit more. 
just a little bit more? Are we just looking for a little bit more? You could be content and still driven. We are content that God loves us, that He has saved us, that we don't have to give in to the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life, that we could just gain a little bit more. If we could just achieve a little bit more, if we could just get somebody's uh, pat on the back or somebody's acknowledgement, but we just say, I have Jesus, and that is enough. And the world is passing away along with its desires. But whoever does the will of God abides forever. The world is passing away, but the will of God abides forever. What are we searching for? What are we looking towards? What are we desiring most? Let's read the text from Colossians this morning. If with Christ you died to the elementary spirits of the world, why, as if you are still alive in the world, do you submit to regulations? Do not handle, do not taste, do not touch, referring to the things that all perish as they are used, according to human precepts and teachings. These have indeed an appearance of wisdom, promoting self-made religion and aestheticism and severity to the body, but they have no value in stopping the indulgence of the flesh, the indulgence of the flesh. What are we trying to gain? Are we desiring to have Jesus? Are we desiring to be made new in Him? Or is it just something in us wants to say, we achieved, we strived, we did. Or can we surrender and say, it's yours, God. I'm broken. I need limits. I'm hurt. I need you to show up in my sorrow. I'm struggling. I don't know the next steps. I lack vision. I just want your wisdom. Please, Holy Spirit, speak to me and understand the groanings of my soul that I cannot communicate effectively, but I communicate to you and you translate those groanings to the affection of your heart so that you give love and grace and help to us that in such a desperate time that you know right where we are. And it's not through our self-made religion or how hard we are on our own body. Bodily exercise does some good, but all the more is our exercise of our spirit, united with his spirit, that he makes us into a place of peace that bears one another's burdens, that shares his love with each other, that knows the goodness of God. I look at October 24th, 2021, and I think of those that are promoting the appearance of wisdom through their self-made religion, through the asceticism and severity of the body for those that would say, look at me, look what I've achieved, look at me and look how God loves to use me, look at me and see what I can do for God when I feel like God is wanting us to say, look at me, how broken and shameful I am, but covered in God's grace. Instead of asking why do bad things happen to good people? Why do good things happen to people like me? Why do good things happen to people like us that are desperately 
in need of Jesus that are so broken, left our own devices, so sinful, so tempted, but hidden with Christ and God. We are redeemed. We are alive. We are people that can share God's hope because we recognize how broken and in need of a Savior that we are. Go to Jesus. Run to him. Rise in him, our Savior, our Lord, the one that loves you so much. Jesus, we thank you that you love us. We thank you that you are good. We thank you that we can cry out to you and that you know us. We can desperately seek you and say, God, I am not good enough. I do not have the answers. I am not strong enough. And I work and I strive and I try and I give effort. And I think if I accomplish this and do that, that you are going to be more proud of me. But Jesus, I find rest and comfort in knowing that I can sacrifice, that I can hide behind your cross and know that I am alive and I have health your healing, your salvation, and know that you are good. So Jesus, with you I am blessed. With you I find comfort. In you I have peace. So Jesus, on this day, I say thank you. May every day, may I be filled with your grace to love you, to live you, and to be embraced by you. Thank you, Jesus. In your name we pray. Amen. Thank you for listening to today's podcast. If you'd like more information about Living Hope Wesleyan Church, make sure to visit hopeforvermont.org. As well as don't forget to subscribe to our YouTube channel at Living Hope Wesleyan Church, where you can catch live stream versions of these services as well as other content. Have a great day.